Hi, I'm Pastor Dallas Billington, Senior Pastor here at City Church, and we want to welcome you today to our services. We hope that no matter what you're facing in life, that through the message today, through God's Word, He will truly encourage your heart. All right, feels good in here today, huh? I see you guys fanning back there, but that's too bad. Okay, it's all right. It's okay. Hey, we're going to, you know, I was talking to Pastor Ben yesterday, and, you know, it kind of gets to me every now and then, uh, and I said, hey, Ben, I said, you know, I know every five or six weeks I'll bring a message on the end times, and I, I, do you think that's too much? And we were going back and forth, not in a time we're living in, we looked at and talked about, because we are living in this time, and and to think about a third of the Bible is prophecy, and two-thirds of churches that are meeting today or, in the long run, do not address the future and address where the Bible and God's Word tells us where the world is heading. So we're going to look at today on what happens when we're biblically informed, and we're going to look at a couple verses out of Revelation and then uh, go back in the New Testament. Let's pray. Father, we are so grateful that you give us your word that shows us exactly what we need and who we are and how that we need each other to point things out even in our own life and to change things that we need to work on because we know that this world is rapidly going away. And Lord, we just ask you today, every one of us speak to us in the same way and every one of us speak to us in a different way that we need on exactly what we're going through as we point to the future, that you will show us what we need, what we need to change and what we need to look at. In Jesus' name, amen. We're looking at Revelation chapter 14, and we're going to look what happens when we're biblically informed. You know, is is when our kids were growing up, we kind of had this thing that we would do every now and then, and we would sit around the, the dinner table, okay? And probably if you had schedules like we did, everybody's going back and forth, and when the kids got junior high and high school, <clears throat> we would probably eat four out of seven nights together. We had this game (laughs) that we would play, and what we would do is that we would pick out, we would sit around the the kitchen table, and we would pick out, each person had to imitate someone else that was sitting at the table, and like what they did and how they acted. And of course, Stefan was always the best on you know, mimicking me for exactly all the idiosyncrasies that I have. And, um, and what my first reaction would always be is, I, I don't do that. I don't act like that. That's not me. And I got to thinking about that with, when it comes to, to looking at God's word and how the, God's word speaks into our heart by the Holy Spirit and shows us exactly who we are. Not your mate, 
not your best friend, not your mom or dad, but who we are and how do we need to look at the future. And the only way that that happens is that we have to take the time if God is going to change us now as we look at where we're living at and really change us, we need someone to speak into our life and tell us this is who we are. Who does that? It's the Holy, he, the Holy Spirit speaks to you and speaks to me. I do it just as much as you do and I'm just confessing you as, as, as a pastor that I do it just as much as you. Sometimes we forget. That's what's so good about walking through these doors. We always say, if you get here, the Lord's blessed you just for being here. I want to remind you, remind myself that we have the Holy Spirit directing us and showing us what the future is going to be. Look at Revelation chapter 14 as we're informed with the Bible about something I touched on a few weeks ago. We just looked at one of the angels, but we're going to look at three different angels in pretty much sometime during the tribulation. And this is how God directs them. In Revelation chapter 14 and verses 6 through 10. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven. And what it's saying on, on this heavenly place that's coming down into, into our realm, into our atmosphere. Having the everlasting gospel. Let's not look over that. The gospel is not like anything else. It's everlasting. To preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. Now notice now, this is during the tribulation. Even though some people will be able to share the gospel, God's grace and mercy is so amazing that he wants to make sure, you know, people get this mixed up. I want you to understand this day. People get mixed up that the, all the world is going to hear the gospel before the rapture. That's not the case. All the world is going to hear the gospel through the tribulation. You ever hear anybody say, well, uh, uh, you know, you know, I always hear this about, well, what about, you know, they, they, want to throw, they want to throw the conviction off of them, right? Well, uh, what about the gospel being read? What about that, that tribe in Africa who's never heard and how are they going to? Right there it is. Right there it is. The Lord takes care of his business. We just have to take care of ours, whether it's our family or people that we know and love. So saying that we don't really understand how this is all going to happen, but we know how the Lord has so worked in our life. This is what he's showing us here. That the angel now is going through the earth. Now here it is. To preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God, give glory to him, for the hour of his judgment has come. Worship him who made heaven and earth sea spring of water. It's amazing to me, the previous chapter talks about the mark of the beast and the deception that will take place with that. Here it comes the next chapter, and God sends forth because of his mercy and because of his love for human beings and all the people of the world. He comes in powerfully in the next chapter and says, I still love people, and I still want to see people get into heaven. That's what he's saying. It continues. Verse 8. 
And another angel followed saying, Babylon has fallen, is fallen. That great city because she has made all nations drink of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, in other words, because of the lifestyle. There's twofold here. People look at Babylon. One, it's an actual city, which could be Babylon. It could be New York City. It could be Rome. We don't know. But we know this. It could also be a system. In other words, the whole system of the mark of the beast and everything that's going on, and now all that has crashed, and we see what has taken place. Why? Because of evil living. That's exactly what it says in verse 8. Then, then the third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If anyone worships the beast and his image and receives his mark on the forehead or his hand, he himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. He shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb. In other words, Jesus. How many times does Jesus in our own life, if you're here as a believer, how many times did it take for the Lord to knock on the door of your heart until you accepted him? God's grace is so amazing that even, even the, the Holy Spirit will work in a different rate, way during a tribulation. It, it'll come and go like we see in the Old Testament. But God loves us so much, he still leaves room to know people can still get saved. It's amazing to me. And to know God's giving us example of these three angels. I'm not here to tell you that I completely understand everything. I don't. But I'm willing to, to trust God in such a way that I'm going to be biblically informed because I know how he's come through in every area of my life. Remember, I was preaching, I, I think I talked about this six months ago. I, don't, I can't remember what I said two weeks ago, but anyways. So, okay, so I might have said this six months ago. Forgive me if I did. But anyways, I was preaching in a very large church in Florida, not Calvary where I was working at, but they need another preacher to step in at a church in Fort Lauderdale. And uh, another mega church, it was down there. The only reason I'm saying that, it, it, it had three services that I was speaking at, and it was standing room only in the back. And this lady comes up to me after the service. She says, I, you know, she waited all this time to talk to me. There was all kinds of people there. And she goes, uh, Pastor Dallas, I, I just want to thank you. I, I had to work today. But as I walked in the back, the only word I heard before you gave the invitation, the only word I heard was trust. That's all I heard in the back today, trust. Am I willing to trust Jesus? And, and I couldn't help but think all Scripture is God-breathed and is of strong doctrine. Think about that. That's why if you and I are just willing to spend a few minutes every day, she heard one word out of the Bible, trust. Are we willing to trust him? And, and that's what she needed. God honored her. She left work. She came over to church. And that's what she was telling me, that she was filled up by the Holy Spirit because she heard the word trust. Know this, all Scripture is God-breathed. 
In other words, you pick it up in anywhere as a believer in the Holy Spirit. What are you going through today? There's no reason why you're here. You're here because you were drawn by the Holy Spirit to come to God's place today and to hear his word for exactly what's going on. I'm just happy to be talking about what God is going to do in the end times. Why is that? Well, if we focus on what's out there and we see Jesus out there, then we're reminded of that scripture that says, our life, my life, your life is a vapor. I don't think about that enough. Our life is a vapor. So what is God telling us as we need to be informed about? <clears throat> Look in Matthew when it comes to the end times, Matthew chapter uh, 24 and verses 3 and 4, and then we're going to look at verse 12. Matthew chapter 24 and verses 3 and 4. Let me just back up for a minute. What the Lord is telling them, he's sitting there with them. The disciples know that he's getting ready to leave, but he gives a vision for what's about to happen. What are you talking about, Dallas? He talks about, isn't the temple beautiful? And he gives them this information. And he says, isn't it amazing? God's temple that was sitting in Jerusalem on that mountain, it was some spectacle. Do you know it took almost 80 years to build the temple that's set in Jerusalem? 80 years. And so when he told them, Prophecy, And he said, I want to tell you something. There will not be one stone left of this building in the near future. And they're like, what? What are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, if you would see in the morning, it was all gold-plated on the, on the east side of, the, uh, <clears throat> of one part of the temple. So you couldn't even look at the one side of the temple because it's so blinding. The light was so blinding in the morning from the gold that just shining off of the whole city. It was a spectacle for people would come from miles and miles away just to see this place that was God's place, God's temple. And here Jesus said, this is going to be destroyed. In the near future, there will not be one stone left upon earth. Do you know if you go which happened in 70 AD, just as Jesus prophesied. Do you know if you go to Jerusalem today, you can still see and look down on the walls and still see some of the, of the large stones from the original temple that are on the ground. When God speaks, when Jesus tells us something, he tells us the truth. Whether it's something about I need to change in my life, or whether it's about the future, it is going to happen and we are living in it. And so what, bringing that in today, and what he's saying is he references that before he tells them these words. Listen to what he says in verses four or three and four. Now as he sat on the Mount of Olives with the disciples, came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be? Lord, when, when, when is... When's this going to happen? All the end time, the other things that you prophesied about. And what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. He basically ignored what they were saying. Lord, when, when's this going to happen? 
I mean, don't you and I want to know when you're going through adversity? Don't you want to know, man, when's this going to be over? Lord, when, when's this? Lord, when is this going to be over? Please. Lord, no, 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 the Lord doesn't work that way. The Lord has something to finish in our life when he's built a character into us. And I don't know what it is for you or I know what it many times is for me. But I know that the Lord sometimes overlooks or ignores what we're saying because he tells us exactly what we need to hear. What he's telling the disciples where we are today, what you and I through the power of the Holy Spirit need to hear, Jesus spoke back to them about the future, about what we're living in right now, and he says these words. Let me read it again. Take heed, listen carefully. Whoa, whatever you want to say. Take heed that no one deceives you. What are we living in today? What do you have to be so careful about today? You have to be so careful. You know, you turn the news on, right? And who, who do you believe today? You got MSNBC, you got CNN, CBS, ABC, everything on social media, and then you have Fox News. Well, you know, and everybody thinks, oh, you know, yeah, Fox News, it, yeah, that's the only one you got to listen to. It's always, you know, they tell the truth, you know. Well, I'm here to tell you today, I hate to burst your bubble, but not everything on Fox News is true. Okay, I'm just here to tell you, and I know some of you are older, that's all you have on, like my mom used to, 24 hours a day. And it was gospel. Fox News was gospel. If she heard it on there, she had to tell my brother and I, this is what's going on, and, and this is what's happening. I'm here to tell you today, be careful what you're feeding in. Who is, because if the Lord tells those that he loves so much, and he tells them, I'm going to leave, but the most important thing I want you to know, people are going to try and deceive you. They're going to tell you it's fine to live together today. They're going to tell you it's fine to do whatever you want to do. They're going to tell you you're really not made in God's image, so you can switch your gender whenever you want to. This is what we're living in. Who would have ever thought, listen to me, all Scripture is given to us for correction and for doctrine. Doctrine is this. doesn't change. God's word does not change. God says, I created man and woman in my image. I created he male and female. That doesn't change. That's doctrine. That's who we are. And we're living in a world that's just... I don't know where we're headed. I mean, I know biblically where we are, but I don't know how bad it's going to get. But I know that no matter how much pressure you get put on you, don't let someone in your life deceive you. And you know, it's that kind of, it's kind of like that, that in your spirit, if something's clicking and somebody's doing something or telling you something and you know deep down, mm, that, that just doesn't, that's not going down right. Listen to that. Listen to him. He, the Holy Spirit. And as a mate, we should be thankful that we have that spirit, Jesus, within us, that he's flashing that red light on and on and on and off to warn us. 
this is what's going on in the world, but this is how you live as a believer. What's one of the signs? Look up at verse 12, because this will really hopefully speak to you. And because lawlessness will abound, it builds on it. It builds on itself. Listen to what Jesus is saying. Because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. That doesn't hardly need any explanation, does it, in the world we're living in? There's so much lawlessness because our world has become cold. You know, there's this one thing, if, you're, if you've seen it on YouTube, it just really, it really bothers me. I don't know why, but they, they're... Uh, police officers are doing their job and the, we uphold police officers and all they do and there's a there's a guy usually it's usually a guy standing on the sidewalk and he's and he's arguing with a police officer that no I can stand here this is you know this is public property and the police officer saying hey you're interfering with what's going on here no this is my right to stand here and I'm thinking I'm thinking to myself get a life you know I mean it really bothers me I don't know why I've, I think I've said this for uh, what's that guy going to do when he needs a police officer, man, when he needs to make that call, you know, and I'm thinking he's wasting their time by them having to do that. Well, what am I saying? What I'm saying is there's not respect for authority today. It's become cold, whether it's the way kids treat teachers in our schools today or the disrespect that we have for our police officers. We see it. It's all around us. I don't have to belabor the point. What I'm saying is when we're informed biblically, it should be no surprise to you or to me what we're living in. What it should do is click in our heart, man, I better get my act together more because, man, the Lord's coming back soon. And I don't know what that means for you. I know what it means for me. It makes me stop and think about what I'm doing. And is this important? Does it really mean something? Does it, is it making an impact on anybody's life? And that's where God leads us again. Look at another passage in Philippians chapter 1. And if you don't have this written down or underlined or memorized, you should have this verse written down. Philippians chapter 1. You know what the devil does? Be not deceived. You know what he does to you? Does the same thing to me. You know what he does? Oh, you, you're not, you're, you're not going to make it. You're worthless. Yeah, just give up and do something. Forget about it. It's not going to happen. Look how long it's taken. And he just keeps throwing these seeds of doubt. The devil does over and over and over. What I give you, and I want you to be informed with God's word biblically because it's true and it's real and it's inspired that when it speaks to you, listen to what Jesus says in Philippians chapter 1 and verse 6. Be confident. Isn't that what so many of us are lacking today? You're lacking confidence. Not being proud yourself and being arrogant. That's not what I'm talking about. God's word says, be confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you, that's you, that's you, will complete it 
until the day of Jesus Christ. God is not done with you. If you're single, he's got the perfect person for you if you want to get married, but you got to wait. You say, Dallas, I, I've waited long enough. Well, you got to wait longer. I don't know. But I'm here to tell you that if you're confident enough in, in what the Lord is telling us, if you are confident enough that Jesus who saved you to be informed biblically that what he started in you, he's not going to stop. You know the only way it stops? We stop it. Let Jesus keep doing what he's doing in your life. Even though, like that girl said, I was just here and I heard the word trust. You know, you don't understand it. You can't figure it out. If you're willing to trust him today, hey, God's going to do great things in your life. Anything else that he wants you here today, it's just that. Be confident. Be informed biblically. That he saved you. He's not pushed you off to the side. He's got an amazing plan for your life. I don't know what it is, but between you and the Lord, be confident. Be confident in Jesus that he start, He saved you. He's got a plan for you, and he will give you the joy and the peace along the way in that journey. Let's close with this last verse. I touched on this last week in uh, 2 Peter chapter 3. In uh, verses 8 and 9, you know this is one of my favorite verses. We turn to this a few times a year because it reminds us <clears throat> about what the Bible says, how that we need to be informed <clears throat> and why it bothers me when I hear their pastors say, man, I just wish the Lord would come back right now, right today. I wish the Lord would come back. Why do we want to wait? Because eternity is forever. You know, the Bible tells us, I believe in Matthew, I want to say Matthew 20, chapter 25, that, that hell, hell was prepared for the devil and his angels. It was never meant for human beings in the beginning. It's because of sin and those that were willing to follow the devil that those people or persons ended up in hell. It was originally intended, the Bible tells us, for the devil and all the angels that followed him out of heaven. And they were kicked out. God, through his grace, through his love and mercy, continues to wait. Because you know why? You have somebody that you really care for, that you love, Maybe you went all through school with. Maybe it's your boyfriend. Maybe it's someone, I, I don't know, you fill in the blank that doesn't know Jesus is their Savior. You want the Lord to come back today? No, you don't. Because you want to see that person saved. Yeah, I mean, do we want the Lord to come back? Yeah, but we want to see other people saved. Why? Because eternity is forever. Let, let me read to you and then show you something that I referenced last week. <clears throat> I'm going to read it twice. Second Peter chapter 3, verses 8 and 9. 
But beloved, do not forget. It's so important. You don't hear that much in the Bible. The Lord wants to tell you today, he doesn't want you to forget this. This is so important that he puts in there, don't forget what I'm about to say. So if you remember anything out of this message today, remember this. Remember that. Don't forget. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 8. But beloved, do not forget this one thing that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. He's coming back. As some count slackness, why has he not come back yet? Because he is long-suffering towards us. Why? So no one, not willing, anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's why. You know it, I know it. Yeah, as the world getting worse and we get concerned for our kids and our grandkids and our marriages and all those things, absolutely. Eternity is forever. It's forever and ever and ever. We can't comprehend it. I don't know how to explain it. But I know this, as I referenced last week, and we can't use the audio because of copyright. I want to show you, and you can look it up. We're going to loop it twice. When I said, Greg Laurie Crusade, and I want you to look on the screens, and I want you to see that they baptized 5,000 people after the crusade. I want you to see it on here and let you show this. It's showing the one person. But now I want you to look up on the, on the hillside to see all the people getting ready to get baptized. Look at that. It just keeps going and going and going and going. Look at that. I'll show you it one more time. Jim, can we show that afterwards with the music with it? After church today? Can we do it? Okay, we'll show it again. After we can't do it, but is it, it, that's why the Lord's waiting. That's exactly why. Now, let's take it down to you and to me, to that person. We want to be biblically formed. Jesus is coming back. We want to be biblically formed. There's a heaven and there's a hell. We want to have a fervency to reach those people that we love. And the way that we are, that we're reminded biblically what's going on. We are living in the end times when someone has to argue what a man or a woman is. What are we living in? I mean, I don't have to explain any more to you about all the things that we see and we hear what's going on, how it's affecting everyone. But to know when Jesus tells us, if we hope in him, we never disappoint. We are never, ever, ever, ever are disappointed when we hope in the love of Jesus Christ we know who he is in our life, and we want to see more people saved. And God tells us over and over and over again, every time we meet our spirit, it goes on forever and ever and ever. We want to see those that we love in heaven with us, because it's forever and ever and ever. Let's pray.
As our heads are bowed today, um, I hope this has spoke to you as a believer. I, I know that a lot of times we focus on, you know, trying to, to, to reach people and to get people into heaven and how important it is. I, and I hope that this message, I hope as I was speaking that you were thinking about somebody that, that you know, that you love, that you care for. And I hope you should pray for them right now. That they, they don't know Jesus. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some count slack. Oh, yeah, whatever, time, 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 whatever. No, the Lord's not slack. He's true to his word. He is coming back, and we are living in the end times, and we want to do whatever we can to reach people for heaven. He's not coming back yet because more and more people are getting saved, and we want to be a part of that. Lord, we thank you that you have given us a way. Tell us in your word. You've informed us. And in our spirit, we know without a doubt that you are real. Lord, I don't know what everybody's going through today. But Lord, the work that you started in them from the day that you saved them, help them to be confident in that. It's not changed. You got a plan. You're working it. May we not get weary in well-doing. It's in due season that we will reap. Your blessings that you've given us, Lord, you are so patient, loving, and kind. So, Lord, as I give this invitation today, someone doesn't know you as their Savior, they come forward. But, Father, right now, Lord, if there's someone watching, may they just pray this prayer. Look, if you're, if you're watching today, God's had you tune in right now. And it's all about eternity. And it's about giving you hope. It's about believing who Jesus is, that he's God's son. And that he died in the cross for you. I don't, I don't care what your background is, Catholic, Baptist, President. I don't, it doesn't matter. It's a matter, are you willing to accept Jesus as your Savior? To change your life forever, give you heaven as home for all eternity. So all you got to do is pray with me and pray that this sinner's prayer. Jesus, I don't understand everything, but by you touching my heart, by your spirit knocking on the door of my heart, I, I believe that you are God's son. I believe you came into this world and lived a perfect life, and you shed your blood, your perfect blood on a cross of Calvary for me. You died for my sins. So Jesus, right now, by faith, I trust you. I believe in you, and I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. Father, as Ben leads us in this imitation song of someone here doesn't know you as their Savior, may they come forward today and I can show them in your word and they can find heaven as their home. Father, we thank you that you are still patient. You're still waiting 
for others to be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has spoke to you today through his word. You know, no matter what you go through, no matter what you face in life, I want you to know that through the one, Jesus Christ, through his death on the cross of Calvary, he shed his perfect blood for you and for me. And if you pray right now and ask Jesus into your heart, the message that you heard today, why God is speaking to you, I want you to know that you can have hope. And all you have to do is pray with me right now. Don't try and figure it out. The Lord says by faith, we accept Jesus as our Savior, and you'll have hope for eternity. You say, Dallas, will you help me? What do I have to do? Well, let me share with you a verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If you're willing to believe that God sent his Son to die on the cross for you, just pray this prayer with me right now. And you can have heaven as your home. Jesus will forgive you for anything you've done in this life. And you can have hope from this day forward. Pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, forgive me a sinner. I believe that you're God's son. And you came and lived a perfect life. And you died on the cross and you shed your perfect blood for all of my sin. And right now, Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart to forgive me for all of my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. And from this day forward, help me to live by your resurrection power. In Jesus' name. If you've prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Contact us through our website, City Church AC, or you can get at our church app through any of the um, streaming services, and we want you to know that we'll contact you. And from this day forward, no matter what you face, you'll always have hope, knowing that Jesus is your Savior, and he'll come through in your life. Thank you for being with us today.